2: You are tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and Americanamusicmagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. The Grassifieds got together in early 2006 in Walkertown, North Carolina after mandolinist Jim Grubbs took several weeks of recovery time after a tonsillectomy to begin to master the instrument. Four weeks later, Jim and brothers Greg and Joel Barnett, along with a few other musicians, started a weekly picking party. After years of playing together, they are excited to share their debut record, What We Are. Jim is my guest on this edition of Americana Music Profiles. Hi, Jim. Welcome to the podcast today. Hello there. Glad to have you on. Thanks for taking the time out of your your schedule to to talk to us a few minutes about your music.
3: Oh, I'm happy to do it. Thanks for uh, the invite. Sure. I appreciate you.
2: Yeah. So the band is Grassified. Is it Grassified or the Grassifieds?
3: It's the Grassifieds. Okay. It's sort of... Um, Sort of plays on the uh, concept of, of the classified.
2: Gotcha. Um, sure. Okay. At
3: the, at the time we formed it, my eight year old son was a, had been listening to a lot of Huey Lewis in the news, okay. and uh, and so he sort of played off of that. In addition to the fact that most of many of our members at the time we founded it had come to bluegrass from other genres of music,
0: ah,
2: cool. so you okay. know
3: they had been quote unquote classified. Yeah. So when you take those two ideas together in an eight year old mind,
2: that's what you get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well good. I it's always fun to hear the origins of some of these names that you're you're not sure you can figure it out by yourself, so that's that's cool. I like that. <laughs> um <laughs> so you you guys the band formed in 06, but you and and you have an interesting story coming to the mandolin, but prior to that you were a flat picking guitarist, correct?
3: That's right. It right. uh, started probably about uh, when I was 10 years old. Uh, my dad played, and uh, I've actually, I've got a treasure of a picture of him from 1946, holding a guitar uh, when he was just a young man. He was wow. 19 years old. That's cool. And and so he played it all my life, and uh, all of his life, he just passed last summer, actually, at 92. Wow. And, uh, and played the last couple years of his life but um so i was always around it and when i was really small you know my brother would play guitars and my dad would sing and they would put me on spoons now, <laughs> I, 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 there's no way i could even try to play them today but i did the best i could at, at a really young age mm-hmm. so i learned <laughs> i did learn some rhythm from that and then uh, as my older brother uh, moved out on his own and I sort of inherited a guitar. And my dad taught me Wildwood Flower, and he taught me uh, the the other one was the Steel Guitar Rag.
0: Hmm. I'll never
3: forget those two songs. Hmm. And from that point on, um, I just kind of took over and and learned all I could learn for the next uh, oh, 20, 30 years, I guess as a
2: guitarist did you uh, were you also playing in bands uh, what, did occasionally, you
3: occasionally yeah yeah occasionally but it was mostly you know country or or rock music really mm-hmm. because it, at that age that's what I was into and, and um, my parents were very they were we, we lived on a farm we were very country folk but we they were very tolerant of my interests and, and I didn't get it too loud to you know to really annoy them <laughs> <laughs> But yes, yeah. yeah, you know bands like the Eagles. Yeah, are, are, sure. They were my my entry into a sort of southern rock and country, and where they where they blended. But I, I really enjoyed. I noticed songs by groups like Don and Rio and Restless Heart, and and one of the things that stood out in their music was the use of the mandolin. Uh huh. Yeah. I loved the sound. It was like, a, to me, uh, I thought of it as, as the tenor to the guitar yeah. sound. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so I loved it. But, you know, never laid hands on one until until many years later, when I was uh, about 41 years old. I needed a time to to me I needed it for 25 years before I got it, but I put it <laughs> off and put it off. And, yeah. And, uh, and I knew I was going to be out of work for a while as I healed. A complex are for kids, not for grown-ups. Right, right. And uh, and so I went and bought a mandolin. And as uh, as the pain medication would wear off in the middle of the night, and I'd still have another couple of hours to go before I could safely take another dose, I set up to play the mandolin. And that that instrument, I call it my surgical instrument for that reason. <laughs> That's cool. It it got me through it. Yeah. And, uh, The, the very first song we played was Dooley. Okay. You know, we <laughs> here in the Carolinas, people will sure. understand where that came right, from. Right. Right. Yeah. Them, yeah. You know, billard's on uh, Andy Griffith. Yeah. So, um, so we uh, from that point, we just made it a regular thing. We just couldn't put it down. And six months later, we opened for the Embers in a Mountains to Sea concert in North Wilts for, for about four hundred people. Oh, cool. <laughs> and uh and so we've been at it hard ever since we've played all over the
2: southeast ever since so having the uh sort of uh southern rock classic rock kind of uh folk rock background um what was that uh, getting those guys together was that a conscious decision that we're gonna we're gonna do bluegrass not the eagles is that w- w- <laughs> w- what brought you to the bluegrass yeah. choice
3: well, um, actually, yes, that was a big part of it. Uh, you know, when we when I took up the mandolin, one of our co-founders, uh, Joel Barnett, he played banjo, and so that took us a little bit away from everything but the very earliest of the like the Eagles music, for example. Right. Um, and and so we just went with that in that direction, and and his brother Greg Barnett um, played guitar and they have they are direct descendants of the church brothers who oh, were yeah. Uh, yeah they were a pioneering bluegrass band sure. in our area actually really well known um, well, those are their uncles their their own uh, their mothers side of the family mm-hmm. and so um, they brought to the party you know a knowledge of uh, a number okay. of church brothers original songs some of which have been picked up by really big names like mm-hmm. um, A Sweeter Love Than Yours I'll Never Know which is on our CD that one was done by the Johnson Mountain Boys yeah. on their uh, Let the Whole World Talk album
0: mm-hmm.
3: um, Bill Church uh, one of the Church brothers he wrote uh, Angel with Blue Eyes which was just released here a few years ago by the Gibson Brothers yeah. on their brothers uh, yeah uh, duet CD and uh, and so we you know, they had all of that history growing up. Uh, every Christmas they they have a huge family get together and the church brothers would come and play music and, and, um, that continued even after we started. We were able to actually perform some of the church brothers song for the church
2: brothers. Oh, which cool. It
3: was a thrill. Yeah. yeah. A thrill. So, so that's how we, um, sort of achieved the focus. bluegrass and we, we really enjoyed the, the traditional sound mm-hmm. and, and about that time we really got hooked on the Johnson Mountain Boys yeah. and you, we just loved their style we loved everything about them uh, uh, how they played how they kept the pedal down to the floor <laughs> <laughs> throughout their shows yeah. just so much energy yeah. and and so we we not that we can ever copy that I mean they're phenomenal too, but yeah. we we instead, um, though admired them so much, that we we tend to choose a lot of the standards that they chose, for example. Yeah. The old standards that they played that fit to their traditional style.
0: Yeah,
3: yeah. And even, even on our modern ones that we write, um, maybe some of the lyrics are a little bit more contemporary, but not, not so much. We uh-huh. still want to express. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I enjoy Dudley in the uh, Seldom scene. there. Um, uh, oh, are yeah. just just fun to uh, hear see him be able to continue to uh, Oh yeah. to play. Great, yeah. yeah. So you mentioned songwriting and when 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 did you start writing songs? When did that become a thing for you?
3: Well, for me personally, it started uh while I was still in high school. Um, okay. I, you know, when most of us being at the time teenagers go through their Periods of angst—you need a way of expressing it. Right. I wasn't—I wasn't a rebellious soul at the time, so my way of expressing myself was through songs that I wrote, and and some of them were total garbage. <laughs> but you know, as a teenager, it was what I felt,
0: uh-huh. sure. and
3: and um, some weren't so bad, and and so I, I started writing then, and actually performed a few of them live. Uh, at my high school, oh, cool. way back then, yeah. But but really, when we kicked it in was um, after we. Uh, I met Joel Barnett in uh, 1996, and we became really good friends, best of friends. And he is a very talented individual. I'm going to give you a little history there. He he performed in a rock band that toured and actually made a living at it for a time mm.
0: um,
3: and when he was younger. And then about 95 or 96, somewhere in that time period, he he chose to sort of leave that lifestyle behind. Got married, settled down, um, you know, everything that you normally would associate with that, cut his hair, you know, those guys. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, and we became, you know, terrific friends. And it's... He has a studio uh, where he recorded his band's efforts at the time, so we've taken advantage of that from time to time. But but i handed him a folder one day, uh, probably in the late 90s, I guess, handed him a folder of a bunch of lyrics that I'd written that I'd never put tunes to. And I said, you know, just see what you can do with these. It was two inches thick, you know, uh-huh. just song after song after song. So he sifted through like any good uh, musical mind would and sort of called those that had no hope whatsoever in. And uh, he could hand me back demos where he played all the instruments and sang all the parts.
2: Really? That's awesome.
3: Uh, and with no input from me on what the tune should be like, I just sort of gave him the mood and gave him the lyric. Uh-huh. And when he would play it back for me, It sounded like I had written it. It gave me every feeling that I was trying to voice.
2: Uh That's cool.
3: You can't beat that. Right. It's a great connection. Um, So you know that was awesome. They weren't all bluegrass songs, um, but those were those were a lot of fun to work with them on. So when we got together as a band, firstly, you know, part of paying your dues is to learn all the old standards that everybody knows. Right and as you develop your ability on the instrument. But then we started thinking about, you know, performing live in front of people. Well, not long before, um, my family had bought their first pop-up camper, and we took it on a, on a trip, like it's maiden voyage, to a little campground that will remain unnamed. Uh, we, we didn't know anything about it, it was over in Maggie Valley, uh, North Carolina, uh-huh. and we got there after dark, and so we didn't know what we were in for. We just parked, you know, and went to bed. But we chose it because it had a trout stream running through the middle of it, uh-huh. I love the trout fish. Uh-huh. So the sun's coming up the next morning. I'm knee-deep in the trout stream. I'm fishing my heart out, and I look around, and we are in the, the roughest campground, that you could imagine. Um, <clears throat> I won't even go into the description, but my first thought was, man, I have awakened in an episode of the Dukes of Had <laughs> And I have not seen Daisy yet. <laughs> <laughs> and immediately, I pulled out a pad and a pencil, walked over to the bank, and wrote, in its entirety, wrote uh, what I am. Huh. And the lyrics in the chorus, if you listen to the song, are, you know, like like uh, Dukes with no daisy. Yeah, yeah. Without you, that's exactly what I am. Yeah, so, and, that's cool. Um, so that's how that one came And that was my first Bluegrass song. I
0: uh, had
2: okay.
3: Country and gospel and, and rock before that, but that was my, And it was so much fun. We got together a couple weeks later in San and fleshed it out, and, and of course had to change some words and some timing and, and things like that. And, and Joel worked his magic on the melody. And, and in about an hour session, we had that fleshed out. And it's been one of our most requested songs ever since.
2: <laughs> that's cool. So the the new record is What We Are, and, and that's that's got the What I Am track on there. Is Have there been other records before this? This is not the first, no. right? No? No,
3: this is the first. Okay. And, and um, it's kind of funny, we, you know, Bluegrass music sort of is intended to be enjoyed live. It's sure. Just, oh, yeah. It just lends course. itself to that so much. And we just didn't focus on recording. We 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 played 20 to 25, 30 shows a year, uh, year after year after year, and we just never took the time. All of us had families, all of us, you know, had day jobs until I retired, and and so um, we just didn't put one out. And every show, our fans would say, "Where's your CD? Do we want to buy a CD." And we would say, "Yeah, we're you know we're sort of working on it." And we were <laughs> we were deciding what to put on it, but mm. we didn't make it back that, that. And then 2020 hit. Yeah. And we've had one show all year. That's wow. It. Mm. And so I felt like this was to find a bright spot in all of that. Yeah. We needed to do something. So we we hit it really hard, and and we we looked at what we've been performing for all those years, and we said, okay, here's a here's a cross section of our most popular originals. There are four originals on this project, and and uh, then we looked at a cross section of different styles that we performed uh, of our covers, and that's how we made the selections to go on there, and we. You know, we just sort of did it, sort of as an introduction to the band. Here's mm-hmm. here's what we are. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, in in the middle of all of that, a couple of years ago, I think I read where you guys actually got to play Merlefest a couple of times. Is that correct? We did.
3: Yeah, we did. Twenty fourteen and fifteen. It's been a little bit now, but uh, but yes, we did uh, as part of the their outreach program. We went out and played uh, three or four shows each of those two years at different locations representing them that they have a great outreach program. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm.
3: And uh, and it was really, it was really very cool uh, to do that and then come back, you know, on campus and be treated like any other artist there. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we were there when Alan Jackson performed. We yeah. We were there when Ralph Stanley performed and so on. So we, we came back and got to go backstage and, and meet some of our heroes uh, at the time. That was that was an excellent experience, and we're in talks hoping to repeat that over the next couple of years okay. and, and and actually perform again. There hopefully get a Sage this time uh, if, if things work out. Yeah, um, and, if, and of course we're talking to other festivals, see, sure, yeah. same intent, yeah, trying okay. to go ahead and get 20, 2021 with. Right,
2: I was. I wanted to ask what what you uh, anticipate giving uh, things a change in the right direction. What twenty one looks like for you guys as a band, especially being retired. I guess that changes things a little.
3: It did. Um, I, I retired uh, a little bit young, uh, but I'd been positioning myself for that for the whole thirty year career that uh-huh. I had. Um, I'm a mechanical engineer by training, and that. Pretty demanding job for 30 years, and and we just didn't send a lot. So we just put it away and, and did what we could to be ready uh, for me yeah. to walk away from it. And since I retired, uh, Pete Wright, our bass player, has also retired. And so, you know, as we have a little bit more time available, to, at least to us, uh, we're looking at you know, maybe getting out there more. Our first show for the new year. January, but it, uh, it's a live radio broadcast from WPAQ's uh, Merry Go Round. Okay, that's hosted at the Earl Theater in downtown Mount Airy, and uh, that's a pretty historic stage. i
0: uh-huh.
3: you know, looking back through the history, and that stage has held uh, the likes of Platten, Strode, and Bill Monroe, and, and people that we can't, we couldn't uh, carry their cases for them. But but uh, we're just honored to. Do that and to be heard by those who'll be listening online and over the air. Yeah. In addition to you know being in a great old downtown historic theater with a, a live audience, we hope in January. Mm-hmm. Uh, by for the time sure. they space everybody out.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's awesome. So the, the band is the Grassified. Your debut CD is what we are, been out for a couple months. People want to. Get a copy of that or, or listen to uh, some of the original cuts that are on there and, and uh, find out where you're going to be. What's the best way to do that?
3: Um, the best way is through our website, which is really easy to remember if you know our band name. It's the uh, thegrassifieds.com. Just don't leave out the B and don't leave out the F. <laughs> it's thegrassifieds.com. Yep. Okay. Um, We're also, the CD's available just about anywhere you could download music. It's on iTunes, it's on Apple Music, it's on uh, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon Music, you name it, it's in all of those places. And you, you mentioned the, the originals that are on there. Um, there are previews, by the way, on our website, for all the songs. Um, but uh, among the originals, I wrote the first two. I wrote What I Am, as I described it. Earlier, and uh, there's a true story there called "My Dad and Trev Malone" that I would like to call attention to, just simply sure. from the fact that it's a true story that I wrote uh, about my own dad, who um, at 19 years old, he already my oldest brother had already been born, and he's he's struggling to feed his family in rural Alabama and you know, in tough times in the '40s. And he uh, took a job at a coal mine, a private mine, an independent mine, as they called it. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, the young man working with a lot of tough guys. Um, one of his co-workers was named Shreveport Malone or Shreve Malone for short. And he had just come back from Europe, uh, having fought in World War Two. And Shreve was. Uh, from all indications maybe he suffered from shell shock or something Mm -hmm. but he that he was quiet and detached and feared really by the the fellow workers because you know there were all kinds of rumors about him and uh, and what he had been through so uh, the the miners Uh, it's sort of dear to my heart and it's, it's one of the few that uh, the band got to perform for my dad wow. before he passed. We we got to go down to Alabama and we played at his 90th birthday party and, and got to sing this song for him and, and I'm kind of proud of that. Yeah, um, yeah. That's
2: but,
3: awesome. Uh, additional originals or We Are On Our Way which is a great gospel song that Greg Barnett, our lead singer, wrote and he wrote uh, just a drive-in straight-ahead bluegrass tune called When I Come Walking In, mm. uh, which is also on this CD. Yeah. Um, and then we, we honored the Church Brothers by putting two of their original songs on uh, on our CD that we covered, uh, Sweeter Love Than Yours I'll Never Know, and uh, Beneath the North Carolina moon. Okay. Both of those were
2: done by the church brothers yeah that's awesome well thank you Jim I, this has been fun and um, I'm gonna I, I listened to a few of the songs but uh, I don't think I listened to the one uh, my dad and Trev Malone so I will go listen to that uh, when we when we get done and Great. hear the rest of the story and uh, uh, wish you guys well with, with this and uh, certainly um, best of luck to you in 21 as well
3: well on behalf of uh, Greg Barnett Joel Barnett Amanda Hine, Jerry Martin, and Pete Wright, and of course myself, Jim Grubbs. We want to thank you very much for your interest in our music, and we hope that uh, your fans will hear something that they like and and apply the pressure to their local venues and get us booked.
2: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Good, Good enough. Good. Great. Thanks, Jim.
3: Thank you very much.